Hello, this is Suja. Thank you for joining me on my little podcast here on my side of the internet, you know. Um, today I want to discuss the idea of uh, Alan Watts and what he said about, you know, the great coming and how everybody lives for the future. And it's like, just take a breathe, breather and just live for now, you know. Because one of the videos I saw on YouTube, God, this was decades ago. And it's so relevant today in different ways. There's a nuance here. Right. In his video, he shows how you know, a child is treated like a cat. He's like, come here, kitty, kitty, get through, you know, elementary school and then middle school, high school. It's coming. It's coming. That big thing, that big reward for your all your hard work. And then you end up, you know, having the child go through high school and and college. And then, boom, he's in a he's in a working life. And he's uh, in the video. He, he's a, you know insurance salesman. And then Alan Watts says, you know, by golly, you know, you've made it. You're <laughs> you're 40 years old and you're like, holy shit, I'm. You know, I'm here, but it's like, you don't feel any different. And it's true. It's like, you could go through all these things and jump through all these hoops and you still feel like the same you. And it's in a lot of, in a lot of ways, it's it's kind of redundant, right? Because what schools prepare you for, the industries that are, (laughs) that you major in are, they all end up dead. new industries emerge and you just gotta use the tools at your disposal to do the best that you can you know but that's the idea it's like well then just do the best you can at that point in time in the now rather than chase the future and hope for happiness like you know if i'm x y and z in the future i'll be happy just be happy now and the idea of chasing happiness is kind of a lie because happiness is very fleeting you know people treat happiness like a drug like you know fuck being happy be sad (laughs) <laughs> be angry, be all the colors and the rainbow of emotions that people have. Don't be just one state, right? This bias towards just one specific state of mind, or rather a state of um, feeling it seems off. When you're an old man, you know, when you're in your 40s and your 50s and you're old as fuck, like, you know, at that point, a lot of things that used to matter don't. The world loses its color. You know, you probably went through a lot of life tragedies at that point, right? So it's like, at that point, you know, you're there. And the only thing you can do is to enjoy that place or not. (laughs) You don't have to enjoy anything. You don't have to do anything. The thing is, you know, I used to think that the only thing one can do is move forward. But that's not necessarily true. Time moves forward. Somebody can just sit still and stagnate and die. And in one sense, everybody at one point just sits still and dies, right? All life leads to death. The greatest thing that's coming to you is death. Your golden years that are immediate, that are, you know, told by your society, you know, that your 60s and your 70s are your golden years. You could do whatever you want. Like by the time you get there, it's like you don't want to do anything. You just want to just goof off all day and just not do anything. You're tired. You're old. God, like... It's terrible. It's a terrible lie that's being, that's been sold. Like all these young kids who make a lot of money, like millions of dollars on YouTube and other places, like kids who end up being pop stars who live life on sort of the fast track where they don't take it slow. They they reach, achieve early success and they got the money and they can goof off all the time. Most people want that life because, you know, in the end, if you, if you have the money but not the time to enjoy it, then you miss the point. Like... <laughs> You know, this is silly. People who end up with a few money, right? 
and we're talking serious fu cash where they're like you know i don't have to do anything anyone tells me i can live ten thousand lives and i don't have to worry about anything provided you can you know transfer your fu money from one life to the other you know <laughs> there's an entrepreneur out there who studies reincarnation that should be your idea <laughs> you should make a business out of that <laughs> i bet you you can in china uh, i heard about like how you know the what you call it the dalai lama is not allowed to incarnate there or something like that anyway so the the grand the grand theory is once you have the fq money you just goof off and you don't have to do anything and no one's no one's on top of you no one's your boss and you're not even like being your own boss is a lie because in the end market conditions are your boss yeah you make decisions sure but you the only thing that you're really doing is responding to market conditions so when you work for say a corporation you you know your bosses handle that for you so you don't have to worry about that as long as you get your work done everything should be fine but when you're your own boss sort of you end up dealing with markets and and you realize the market is your boss at some point you have to think about how to you know game the markets themselves and become the boss of the markets you know if you end up reaching that level of the game of capitalism of making cash flow then at that point it's like how do i move markets and there are people who can move markets <laughs> so there are people who are truly their own boss so there are three then uh phases is like you're an employee you're you're semi your own boss if you're self-employed and then there's the market movers those guys are the bosses of entire economies <laughs> they can move entire countries up and down and that's that's real power that's like that's the grandest economic power one can aim for is like being able to crush entire countries just economically not necessarily you know with force uh of weapons and and armies but economics pure numbers because at that point you don't need the armies the armies you can actually then you know you know what never mind i'm not gonna get into that but that's the idea it's like enjoy the now enjoy your life enjoy as much as you can because one day you're gonna end up dead and decrepit and gone right and everything you do is kind of meaningless and inherently right unless you save somebody else's life like if you're a doctor okay all right you do something important for society but say say that you know you're functioning as a doctor which is just look at symptoms and come up with a uh diagnosis is you know mediated by ai which is gonna happen right artificial intelligence is gonna take over the sector that doctors used to do and it's going to become easier because you're going to see sort of a democratization of health because of the fact that you can have ai tools that do, that does the sort of the bulk processing work for you you know so you it's going to be an interesting field interesting time and if the, if doctors get automated out it'll be interesting because suppose i have an app that tells me okay you're you know given your genetic data and everything that we have on you you know you're likely to experience this and this illness through your through your life here are this this and this uh remedies you can take and you know here are things you can do to prepare then you know i don't have to go to a doctor i can just have my private app tell me what to do there's caveats here because you know uh, any given app is built upon certain paradigms and you know certain paradigms lead to certain ends right so 
I was learning about the cancer paradigm where it's like it's cut, slash, and burn. But there's a secondary approach where you where you use um, what's called cell-mediated immune response. So your body has two immune immune responses. The first one is your uh, antibody immune system, which everybody's aware of where, you know, that's how the vaccines come about is, you know, your body makes specific antibodies for specific diseases. And then you have cell-mediated immune response, which is for basically 99.9% of, actually, I don't know if it's 99.9% of all diseases, but it's the majority of the time your body is using the cell-mediated, actually, I don't know if it's actually majority, but to my understanding currently, my guess is that your your body is using cell-mediated immunity most of the time. So therefore, you know, how do you enhance your your body's own natural, you know, uh, immune system through cell-mediated immune response is what you do through vitamin D and other supplements, which then it'll enable your body to kill cancer cells anyways. So you don't need to go through, uh, say, expensive cancer therapy. Again, I'm not giving medical advice. This is not a medical advice show. None of this is, <laughs> this is just my thoughts. And when I say the word you, it's just... It's just easier for me to say you. It's not necessarily you, the audience. It's just you, if that makes any sense. So anyways, I was learning about how, you know, this is the current medical allopathic approach, but you can have the opposite approaches where you, you know, I mean, yeah, the idea of um, garrison therapy gets floated around, but you can have approaches where you take like high dose mushrooms, specific mushrooms like, you know, turkey tail and reishi, which help you increase your cell-mediated immune response to where your body naturally kills the cancer cells. And it's, it's interesting, you know, there are anecdotes. I don't think the, I don't think I, I haven't actually looked up, uh, up the sort of the studies yet. Um, but I've had heard, um, anecdotes about how that's a thing, you know, it's like, uh, I know, uh, of a person who sort of cured himself using that approach. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I know him because he's trustworthy and obviously uh, he did a lot of research. And I'm just like, okay, well, that's fantastic, you know? And it's like, well, that's the thing. It's like doctors, you have to become your own doctor nowadays. It's like the medical industry is an industry, right? Everything is incentivized through business means, which is profit. People generally don't care for the for your life um they care as a byproduct of their own paycheck and obviously lawsuits but there's this general apathy towards people you know and i think the apathy is from the perspective of a doctor right would be justified right because a doctor has to go through so many patients a day and and the system is sort of corrupted in a way you know it's like most of it comes down to insurance and getting as much insurance money as you possibly can. And it's not the doctor's fault because to be a doctor in the States, here in the USA, you got to go through so many hoops and these hoops cost you money. (laughs) So you got to pay for your medical uh, degree. You're going to be board certified. You're going to do all these other things. So it, it takes a lot of cash. So, you know, I'm not knocking doctors. What I'm just saying is given the rise of technology, given where we're headed from my perspective, right? Um, 
and I may, you know, I might be completely wrong on all of this, but from what I can tell, given my understanding of uh, technology and AI and all these things, is yeah, we're we're headed towards a democratizing view of medicine where it's like you have to become your own doctor and you have a AI doctor in your pocket, you know, that you probably can pay like a monthly fee to. So some company is probably gonna just, you know, there, there are companies out there that literally have AI that read and interpret AI, um, radiology scans. I know this because I worked for one of these companies and it was like, okay, that's amazing. <laughs> like that's, that's fantastic, you know. AI doesn't make any mistakes. Human beings do, human doctors do, no matter how hard you train them. Simply because it, it's, it's just human error, you know? Human error happens no matter how much your training is. There's an error rate. The lower your rate is great, but the error rate is gonna exist. AI, your error rate can theoretically go to zero because if you have enough data, you, you're never gonna, they're never gonna make the same mistake at least twice, right? You can probably make the mistake once, sure, because insufficient data. But if they have enough um, data and if it's sufficient and they know the mistake, they can correct it and the next se next generation, it won't happen again. So all these things are happening in medicine. Cryptos are happening in finance. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's an interesting time to be alive. It's just, it's a, it's one of those things, you know. So back to the topic of FU money and FU time is, uh, you know, as more and more people have democracy in, in medicine and all these areas, thanks to technology, they're also going to have the opposite. So for me, I think of it as a, as a pendulum, right? The pendulum swings in one direction and it comes back in the middle and goes back to the other and then it goes back to the other direction. So there's a swinging effect in my mind of the pendulum. It's like, uh, if you've seen the crypto forks of, I think it was a couple of years ago where Bitcoin forked into, you know, Bitcoin and then Bitcoin Cash and all that, where the Bitcoin Cash people were like, well, let's just increase the, um, the mining headers, the, the bits, the, there's an actual name for this. <laughs> God, I forget. <laughs> the block size, there we go. Let's just increase the block size, you know, but then that'll lead to centralization. And I was like, well, yeah, you're gonna have, you're gonna have to until, you know, you got Lightning Network and other um, innovations that are gonna help not lead to centralization. So it'll be a swinging pendulum back and forth between, you know, centralization and decentralization and, you know, distributed systems. There's three separate systems here, centralized systems, distributed systems, and decentralized systems. So, you know, it'll be a pendulum swing between those three. And given the hard fork, you know, I, the Bitcoin cash is a lot faster from my experience of using it, much easier. And a little cheaper also, actually a lot cheaper. <laughs> so, so then, you know, uh, things bifurcate, things, things end up this way. And as I'm observing this, it's like, how does a human life bifurcate? You know, how does a, how does a life go from, you know, sort of pain and misery to actual happiness is, in my view, it doesn't, you know. We're a tangent here. Okay, uh, let's let's go back to the FU time and FU money. So anyways, let's say you have all, have everything handled, you're 40 years old and you got your money and your wife and your kids and all that stuff, right? You know, at some point you're gonna want FU time because when you're 50 or 60 years old, you're done. It's done, you've lived a life, you know. Whatever, you know, how well you lived is, you know, up to your own benchmarks, right? My own benchmark would be, was I free? Could I explore things? Was I a decent human being, right? 
those are my benchmarks for defining a good life, right? Like, was I a whiny bitch or not? <laughs> Did I do action-related things or not? Um, yeah. So a few time comes with a few money, and what pe most people chase is a few time. People don't chase a few money. A few, t a few money is a method to get a few time. And it's nice to have a few time because it's like you can spend it with whatever you want. It's like if you have free time, there are people you may not want to spend it with. You might just want to spend it alone. It's it's a funny thing being by yourself. Like it's a very strange thing being by yourself, right? Because when you can be your own best friend, you don't need anyone else. And it's like everybody else in at that point of the of the, the at that point everyone else is just cherry on top, right? You're the cake, right? You are the cake and everybody else is the cherry on top. Because once you're okay with yourself, it's like, okay, well, I'm good. <laughs> so, yeah. This was a this was an interesting tangent. I like tangents. Tangents are fun. Sine and cosine, not so sure about those. All right, so I guess we discussed FU time, FU money, achieving success in the now, and enjoying it now. You know, if you ever actually, you know, listen to rap, I, I listened to, uh, or I used to listen to little Wayne. He had a rap song where he's like, you know, the fruits of my labor, I enjoy them while they're still ripe. Like, that's what most people actually want. And it's, the system is set up the opposite way, you know, where you have to have delayed gratification. There was a, there was a whole thing in like philosophy class, last psychology class about delayed gratification and how these people are more successful. I'm just like, well, you know, your definition of success is stupid. <laughs> If you mean successful as in, you know, this person became a corporate uh, employee and then did all these things and had a nice little family and all that stuff, didn't really cause anybody any problems, kind of, you know, kind of whimpered out in his or her existence. Is that really living, right? How do you define what really living is, right? Like, all right, if I go skydiving and I go climbing rocks and mountains and stuff, to me, that's success. I'm doing actiony things, doing badass shit, rather than you know, just some office dweller. And again, I'm not. There's nothing wrong with being an office dweller. Like having a, I've had jobs. I've had daytime jobs. It's it's fine. I've had nine to fives. I had actually, <laughs> I had nine to nines. Anyway, so that's fine. I'm just saying, is that really living, right? In a in a cubicle where you go between one building and the next every single day, and then you come home and you're tired. Versus climbing rocks, exploring new things, you know, making a podcast, right? To be honest, I'm actually kind of enjoying making a podcast. It's it's interesting, right? I've never made one before. I don't know if I'm going to end up, you know, filthy sinking richer because of it. Or, or you know, if I'm ever going to generate any money at all. <laughs> Forget about being filthy stinking rich. I don't know if I'm actually going to make one dollar out of this, right? And if you're listening, or still listening in 18 minutes in, consider donating. Um... I like money <laughs> and this supports me and I can keep my mind free. You know, the problem with getting corporate sponsors is I have to be very, the word is diplomatic, <laughs> very delicate, right? Um, I can't really say certain things if I'm getting certain sponsors, but it's nicer if you just, you know, if you, the listener sponsor me and you know, if you don't have the money because it's, um, whatchamacallit, it's the pandemic and everybody's out of a job. I understand. But if, you, if you're one of those people who are like, I like this stuff, here's, here's like a dollar, I'll take it. You know, that's, that's like, <laughs> that's like taco money. <laughs> I'll take the taco money, I'll get some tacos, no problem. Anyways, what were we talking about? Uh, yeah, a few money and a few time. So 
you know, you want to achieve a few money and a few time really early in the game, right, of life when you're in your 20s. Your 30s and your 40s is like, well, I'm established now. And um, yeah. And then, oh, yeah, we were talking about um, uh, do it, what, what counts as an ex- a life. It's like, well, rock climbing and, and going marathoning, swimming in the ocean, you know, skydiving. Uh, there's actually indoor skydiving that I really want to go to after after the whole corona pandemic thing and bob is over um these things count versus going to you know a nine to five and being a cubicle dweller to get the money to pay the bills which again i've done you know and i continue i can continue on that path if i so choose but it's like okay well you know given the fact that i'm going to end up dead and gone someday i i much rather walk the path that's more Risque, you know. So, so I like crypto. I like I like new emerging markets. People don't make money in the old markets. People make money in the new emerging markets. So people make money in gold rushes, not in silver rushes. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I don't actually know if people never made money on silver rush. There's probably something called a silver rush. I've never actually looked it up. I probably will maybe at some point. But yeah. It's just strange. Just be here now, chill out, relax, you know, move forward and that's it. And if you're not moving forward, it's okay. Time is going to just stagnate you and you're going to die. <laughs> and it's, just, it's one of the beautiful things about this nihilistic philosophy is like, you don't have to do anything, be anyone, have any meaning in your life. You will, whatever, you know, whatever you do or don't do won't matter in the end and you're going to die, right? Like, okay. <laughs> and it, it's a liberating experience. Like, okay, well... Since I'm going to die anyways, I want to try all these things. And the greatest fear that one person can have is death. And once you conquer that, it's like, okay, well, the oil, the world is your oyster, right? Which is why I like studying lucid dreams and out-of-body experiences because those things are like, oh, okay, well, here, you, you're not your body. You know, you can actually become, you know, leave it if you really want to. You can explore, you know, multidimensional stuff, apparently, right? You can get all psychedelic on it, right? You don't have to. There's this book called uh, The Mind Illuminated, and it's a beautiful book. I love that book. Like, I am as fanatical about that book as, you know, fundamentalists are fanatic about their religious books. <laughs> like, I would give this book out for free. Actually, I probably will give this book out for free. So if anybody wants to buy it, let me know. It's like $20. It's a map of your states of mind, and the more you meditate, where you're going. You know, and there's like little mini games you play with yourself to focus back on the breath and you develop this cultivated sense of awareness. You know, you're not compensating, you're meditating. A lot of people don't meditate, they compensate. But meditation with the object being your breath in this specific um, book, you know, it's beautiful because it gives you 10, it gives you the whole map, the whole kitten could boodle. You don't get, you don't have to get lost, right? You can make, you don't have to, you know, spend years in the in the monasteries of, you know, some ancient uh, place, you can just be at home and meditate for, you know, 45 minutes a day. And you're going to achieve the same thing within a year or two. Well, maybe not a year or two, but at least within the first five years. So it'll take some time. But once you have the thing mastered, you should be able to do a lot of things. And I find, you know, confluences between certain things that have been said in that book and certain experiences I've had. So it was, it was interesting. You know, I was like, okay, well, all right, this is how it works. This is uh, this is a map, you know. And so I have the map. All I have to do is walk. 
That's the thing. Even if I don't walk, I'll end up walking anyways because time keeps us walking. All right, so <laughs> if you're 40 years old and you don't feel like you've made it or you you feel like you made it and you're there now and you're like, what, you know, what the F, right? Chill out, relax, enjoy, you know, and look forward to dying because death is the penultimate freedom from life's expectation, obligations, and all the things you have to do. And there's this having to have to do things, right? The other societies that have been on this planet, you know, the hunter-gatherers, the foragers, they didn't have to do anything aside from getting food. They had so much time off. They could have goofed off, you know, made art, chilled, right? Modern society is, in one sense, very constricting. You know, you have, there's a lot to do. And, you know, the true mark of adulthood is marked by responsibility both at a personal level, a social level, and at the collective level, you know, and, you know, that's true for the primitive societies as well. But like here, it's like, you know, you're juggling 20 kajillion things, right? It's a little more than, you know, hey, let's go get some berries from the forest and, you know, skate, <laughs> get some grub <laughs> and then chill out the rest of the day. <laughs> Modern society is like berries, please. You know, you gotta you gotta work for these berries. You know, we, we paid a lot of money to transport these berries from all these people that have foraged, who are specialized in foraging and growing berries and stuff. Uh, all right, well, I think that's about it. You know, I don't I don't have anything else to say. Thanks for joining me. All right, well, I'll see you guys in my next tangent. Toodles.